Nicole Sai, welcome to the program. Um, China's infiltration into America. We talk about it a lot, but you know, the, the slate of, of, uh, today, the, the podcast, I put this up basically. Uh, that's all red and it's not for Republican. That's all red for the Chinese <laughs> Communist Party. Nicole, how deep is this? Well, in America, we often talk about all politics are local, and the CCP understands that. And when they find out that Washington has become increasingly um, uh, understanding about the CCP's threat to the U.S. national security, the CCP has a strategic plan to infiltrate this country at the state level because they understand for governors or mayors or local government officials, they want economy. They want to boost the economy, local economy. They want to create jobs. And sometimes they're less concerned about the national security. And one of the CCP top uh, uh, officials said, you know what? Um, they He said that many local government officials have never traveled abroad. So these people are very vulnerable. They're manable. We can use them as a conduit uh, to infiltrate in this country. We, and we can offer them the job opportunity, uh, creating, you know, uh, economy, economic opportunity. And you know what? Many local officials bite, bite that. So this is how the CCP has been quite successful in infiltrating this country at the state level. And according to a uh, think tank in CCP country, they found that, you know, out of the 50 governors, more than 17 governors have shown um, friendly attitude toward the CCP. And, um, you know, very few governors actually are critical of the CCP. So that's well, where we are now. You know, it's interesting because it always comes down to money. China and Xi Jinping has has perfected the art of using money to get what they want. We've talked about the Belt and Road Initiative, which they use all around uh, the world of investing in interior projects, which is really, to me, it sounds like a loan shark pro uh, program to basically put these countries on the hook to China. It seems like they're doing the same thing. I, I read a piece by Marsha Blackburn, the senator from Tennessee, that there are 1,800 sister cities in America where Beijing is their sister city. 1,800 cities in America that is somehow having some kind of cooperation or partnership with China. What is going on with these sister cities? Well, it started back in 2011 when uh, the former Secretary of State Hillary Clinton signed a memorandum with the CCP's former ministry um, and to promote the state and the sister uh, and the city level and created that sister city program. So ever since then, during the Obama administration, Obama administration put the priority to strengthen the bonds between the U.S. state and cities with the CCP country. So, and under these kind of policy, we see a huge increase of the uh, sister city between U.S. and CCP country. And that's, it, it, it's not a harmless partnership. It's not as what they say. They say, oh, it's, it's promoting the dialogue, cultural exchange, and promote economic mutually beneficial stuff, but it's not. It's an infiltration because they sent the CCP government officials to interact and build personal relationship with the local government officials and pushing the CCP's um, political agenda onto the U.S. Um, state level and then infiltrate in this country. So that is a purely infiltration work.
so let's break it down all the way to the to the smallest level. When they take, say, I don't know if Des Moines, Iowa is one of them, but just take as an example, Des Moines, Iowa, and they go there and they recruit the mayor and they say, okay, we're going to have these cultural exchanges and all of these things. Ultimately, how does China infiltrate the people or persuade the people of a Des Moines, Iowa that that communism is better, that China is better, or uh, allow China to profit off of this relationship? Well, I think a great example is the former um, governor of the Iowa, um, Terry Branstad. He's a very good friend uh, with the CCP leader, Xi Jinping. They had more than 35 years of friendship. And and uh, Branstad later became named to be the U.S. ambassador to China. So how did they start this friendship? It started at the local level. When Xi Jinping met with Brandstad in Iowa and talk about, you know, Iowa is a great state for uh, agricultural and, you know, China can help you uh, because, you know, we should establish a local level partnership. And then after that visit, the CCP uh, sent delegation to Iowa and sent signed contracts with the Iowa state about agricultural partnership. Mm -hmm. So that means, you know, buying product and this is all transactional and myopic. But you know what? This is a long strategy of the CCP to change American local government officials' attitude toward China. And when Terry uh, Branstad became the U.S. ambassador to China, he really has been siding along with the CCP's propaganda. Mm -hmm. I've never seen this guy being any critical about the CCP's human rights abuse, uh, suppression of the Chinese people. And he just became on the same side with the CCP. And same with the former um, Washington State Governor Gary Locke. Mm. I mean, he also later became uh, ambassador to China. Again, he's not critical of the CCP because this is part of the CCP's strategy. They say, when we develop the relationship with the local governors, when they became a national leader, they become our friends. And then yeah. one of the CCP party leader even used their relationship with the former uh, California governor, um, Jerry Brown, as a case study to say, mm. we got this guy. And uh, this is a case study that we should all promote and learn from this experience. Well, this is why I love having the new federal state of China on and you, Nicole, because that really does spell it out. And, you know, from China's perspective, it's a brilliant maneuver. And, and I can't help but think, as you're telling the story about local politics, I've never seen a presidential administration filled with local political, uh, call them leaders or whatever, than I did with the Obama administration that became literally national leaders from Chicago alone. When you talk about Susan Rice and Valerie Jarrett, and and then, of course, Obama was just a you know uh, an organizer, community organizer. I wonder what China's role was in Chicago, reaching out to those people before they became leaders of the highest levels of, of government. Why isn't America doing this? America ought to be going into China and creating partnerships with small cities in China that, that need the money. Well, first of all, when America send delegation to the CCP country, everything will be controlled and they will send a prostitute to bribe you and they will corrupt you and they'll put everything on tape and later on they will blackmail you. 
So there's no reciprocal relationship in this kind of sister city relationship. It's all bullshit and it's all CCP's infiltration tactics. And American people need to see through that. And the CCP was, was being very strategic. They said, when we develop, when they develop a relationship with the local governor or state level, you know, leadership, they will become federal officers. Wow. One day they become U.S. president. And so they, that's why the CCP has been planning this uh, penetration for decades long. And American people are not being aware of it. I have never seen any mainstream media or talk show host talking about this. I mean, this is happening at the local state level, at our very own community. You know, it's interesting, Nicole, because uh, last night you came on the Real America's Voice show and we talked about the infiltration of China using uh, the investment banks and the hedge funds like BlackRock and and Sequoia Capital. Um, I used a term that I got from talking with you in the new federal state of China called a shadow government. And that term really hadn't been used in the United States since the 1950s. I think a shadow government is very similar to the deep state, what we have today and those kinds of things. I got two emails from older gentlemen who had watched that and heard me use the term shadow government and were intrigued by the use of that term. But, you know, as I hear you spell out all of these things that China is doing to infiltrate themselves into local municipalities, what they're doing to engage with, with politicians at a federal level, to try to run a shadow government, boy, it really is a very, very poignant term when it comes to this, isn't it? Absolutely. I think the shadow government really depicts what the CCP has been doing to this country, not only at the federal level in Washington, D.C., but in all across all the 50 states. And remember, Fan Fan, who slept with Eric Swawa, who was the um, House Intel chairman. I mean, Fan Fan slept more than a dozen local government officials yeah. in California, in other states, because he, she knows maybe one of them would become a House Intel chairman or maybe a president or maybe a senator. I mean, that's their strategy. So when the, when the CCP sends a, like a friendly delegation uh, to your city, to your state, and trying to say, oh, we need to build mutual understanding and cultural exchange, this is very dangerous. Be aware. Yeah. They're not your enemy. They're not our, uh, the friend. They're a existential enemy. Yeah. And it's, we should treat them like uh, uh, during the World War, how American people treat the Russian delegation yeah. from Kremlin. <laughs> well, it, you know, it's, it's interesting because um, Mike Pompeo spoke out about this and was warning a group of governors. Uh, Mike Pompeo, of course, was a governor. Uh, and... and let me play that clip for you. It's it's a little bit longer. I could start and stop it as well, but let's let him, because remember, he was in charge of the CIA. So if anybody knows about the infiltration of China, Mike Pompeo does. Let me play this clip and then get your response, Nicole. I was being invited to the U.S.-China Governors Collaboration Summit. It was an event co-hosted by the National Governors Association, and something called the Chinese People's Association for Friendship and Foreign Countries. Sounds pretty harmless. What the invitation did not say is that the group, the group I just mentioned, is the public face of the Chinese Communist Party's official foreign influence agency, the United Front Work Department. Now, I was lucky 
Uh, I was familiar with that organization from my time as the director of the Central Intelligence Agency. But it got me thinking, how many of you made the link between that group and Chinese Communist Party officials? What if you made a new friend while you were at that event? What if your new friend asked you for introductions to other politi politically connected and powerful people? What if your new friend offered to invest big money in your state, perhaps in your pension, in industries sensitive to our national security? These aren't hypotheticals. These scenarios are all too true, and they impact American foreign policy significantly. Indeed, last year, a Chinese government-backed think tank in Beijing produced a report that assessed all 50 of America's governors on their attitudes towards China. They labeled each of you friendly, hardline, or ambiguous. I'll let you decide where you think you belong. Someone in China already has. Many of you, indeed, in that report are referenced by name. That's amazing right there. I, I figured I'll let it play because everything he said was so important for the people to hear. But he pointed out to those people in the room, they're already in the report. China already has reports on them. And uh, I, I thought it was really fascinating to listen to how he spelled that out. It is quite fascinating. It's like, you know, in communist China, the CCP assigned a social credit score to every citizen. And now the CCP is signing a social credit score to each and every U.S. governor to identify how vulnerable this person is to the CCP's disinformation and influence campaign. And that means that, you know, starting with the head of the U.S. state, you know, this country is under the CCP's attack. And I want to talk about the, the U.S.-China Governor for, uh, Forum. It was established right after Hillary Clinton signed that memorandum with the CCP Foreign Ministry in 2011. And then every year they um, held the U.S.-China Governors Conference in either a city in U.S. or in China. Started the first one in 2011, July, in Salt Lake City next year in um, Los Angeles and Chengdu and Seattle and, um, and in Kentucky. So in 2020, when Trump was in the White House, the former uh, Secretary of the State, Mike Pompeo, did a great job. He stopped that. He says, no, we're not going to do that because this is a, a, like a malign influence campaign on our local and state leadership. This is a part of the CCP's infiltration. So I think a lot of the things that were happening during the Trump administration, really, really unprecedented. But unfortunately, we didn't see the continuation of Trump's policy, yeah. you know, taking into the full play because we really need the, these things to happen to stop this ECP's in, uh, infiltration. And I also want to talk about a lot of the policies and stuff that is being done by the current administration are very uh, performative. I mean, they're not addressing the root costs. They're talking about charging the company in China. They're, you know, well, ignoring what's happening right under their nose. So I, mean, I want to... We cannot hold people in this country accountable. How can you hold the criminals in a foreign country accountable? And I want to talk about that because there were, there were basically charges against Chinese companies uh, with the fentanyl production that aren't even on U.S. soil. And I will get to that in a second. But I want to finish up on the governors because I think it's so important. And Everybody who watches this program, my show, knows 
that I am a hardline conservative, okay? And I side with Republicans more than not, but I often criticize establishment Republicans just as much, if not maybe more, than I criticize radical Democrats. My biggest fear here is I'm not going to stand in front of all of these viewers, Nicole, and say that this is a Democrat problem and not a Republican problem. I see many cases of Republicans also falling victim to this Chinese infiltration campaign. Am I wrong? You're absolutely right. I mean, in your own state, Texas, the Bush family, the Bush empire have been in bed with the CCP, starting with the Jiang Zemin for decades. I mean, they're part of the swamp yeah. and the CCP is behind them. And Bush had a very deep relationship with the CCP leadership, top lead, uh, leadership. I mean, they say they're Republicans, but they're actually part of the shadow government. They're, you know, they have been doing many, many things harmful to the U.S. national security. And also many like corporations, they say they're Republicans, but they've been selling out this country, hauling out to the American manufacturing, to the CCP, using the CCP's, you know, slave labor to steal American people's jobs. So you're absolutely right that, you know, in this country, I don't think there's, you know, a fight between left and right. It's between good and bad you know, good and evil. And so I, I think it really takes the hard right to get things right. And, and I can't help but mention, when you looked at the numbers, I talk about these hedge funds and investment banks. Again, Sequoia Capital, $7 million one year to Republican causes like McCarthy's Victory Fund, the National Republican Committee, which is a, basically an establishment fundraising group. And then McCarthy, when he was speaker, no longer speaker now, kills the investigation from the Intel Committee that's studying CCP infiltration, kills the investigation into Sequoia Capital. All of it just stinks to me. And and then I see this, and I would expect it from Gretchen Whitmer. Uh, Gretchen Whitmer, the governor of, of uh, Michigan, um, she is seen here with this Chinese official. Why don't you tell me what we're looking at on the screen for those watching and those listening? Describe what we're looking at. It's in Chinese. I I, I wouldn't be very good at it, Nicole. <laughs> no problem. I know Chinese. That's all I know. So we already know from the news that uh, the House Select Committee uh, did an investigation into Ford's partnership with a CCP, um, you know, battery factory in the great state of Michigan. So, so that was a product of um, the Michigan governor Gretchen Whitmore's meeting with the CCP consulate officials in Chicago because the Chicago CCP consulate officials met with the head of the um, uh, state of Michigan and talk about promoting mutually beneficial economic relationship. And they even used the word that cooperation is the only way to get prop, uh, to be prosperous. Confrontation hurts both parties. And so that's a picture show was shown in the CCP's official uh, propaganda website. They're promoting uh, Gretchen, you know, uh, Whitmore as a example of how the CCP has successfully infiltrated in the state of uh, uh, Michigan. So this is like, you know, you know, just tip of the iceberg. Right. They also met with the head of the Michigan Soybean Association, a corner association. They tried to infiltrate the um, every sector of the Michigan agricultural industry, which is very so, dangerous. So. 
it would be very easy for me to come and slam Gretchen Whitmer and say, she knows what she's doing. It's China for crying out loud. She's in bed with them. She's probably profiting off of this somehow, or at least getting money. Maybe they're funneling it to her campaigns, all of these things. Or is there any possibility that these, these, these politicians are just totally naive to the nefarious activities of the CCP? That can't be, well, can it? Well, I I tend to believe that people in this country who are lucky to be born in this country, they're good people. And like the CCP uh, government uh, said in their in their state media that many this you know many local government officials in this country have not traveled abroad they just don't know what they don't know and they're very vulnerable and that's why we need the stinchfield army to educate the american public because not only our lawmakers need needs to be well educated about the danger of the ccp but also at the state level at the grassroots level, everybody needs to be aware that CCP is not a friend, is not a business partner. They pretend to be your business partner, but they're trying to destroy the American dream. So I think that's why we want to talk about this uh, in your show. Yeah, it is so important to inform the masses and then to inform the people that are in positions of power. One of the great things, and this is not to uh, to Stinchfield's army's horn or this program's horn, but... One of the things that is great about Stinchfield and this podcast and the Real America's Voice show is that not only do we have a lot of people watching and listening, but we have people of importance watching and listening. I am told that there are many members of Congress that listen to this podcast and, and watch the show, whether it's on Rumble, Getter, or uh, or Facebook. Um, they watch this show. So what we're really trying to do is reach the decision makers and make sure that Stinchfield's army is pushing the decision makers in the right direction if we can't reach them. Now, you had mentioned, Nicole, um, that the United States takes actions, especially under Joe Biden, that really seem to me to be all for show. Anytime Joe Biden and his henchmen go after China, it seems to be a giant circus show where it really doesn't have any teeth. Merrick Garland, the attorney general, announced these charges against eight Chinese companies yesterday. I'm going to play his clip, and then maybe you can explain to me why this is really uh, just phony fake news here. Watch. As detailed in the indictments unsealed today, the precursor chemicals used to make synthetic opioids like fentanyl are primarily manufactured and distributed by China-based chemical companies. These companies advertise the sale of precursor chemicals online using different websites and social media platforms. They then ship the building blocks needed to create deadly drugs all over the world. It is critical that the PRC government stops the unchecked flow of precursor chemicals that are coming from China. Nicole, I got to tell you, just listening to it makes me steaming mad because we have a border on the on the south of us that is wide open with fentanyl pills coming a, a, across, fentanyl pills that are designed to kill American citizens. And, and he's worried about people shipping in stuff to make the drugs here. Fine, worry about that, but doing nothing on our southern border. Exactly. So he was charging like eight companies inside China and 12 Chinese nationals 
who will probably never want to come to the United States of America. And these companies are based in China. And so, I mean, this indictment is harmless because they could be changing names. They could use another company as a cover to do the same fentanyl trafficking as long as the border continues to be open. Yeah. So I don't understand why the administration is not addressing the real cause of the problem, but always trying to fix something that's so far away that becomes so irrelevant to our national security. I think the real problem is happening in this country on the U.S. soil. Yeah. We need to close the border and we need to hold companies like a Sequoia Capital to be accountable you, for, you know, you know the, for in, enabling and empowering the CCP's IT industry. Th that export control we talked about last night in your show, that the export control only bans the product. Mm -hmm. It doesn't stop the CCP from stealing the technological know-how right from the incubator yeah. of the companies that Sequoia Capital had invested. Companies like Google and Facebook and all these hundreds of companies that Sequoia Capital invested, all the companies' intelligence are, you know, the, these secrets are being widely accessible to the CCP. Yeah. Including Neil the Shen. CCP's military, including the Chinese military, which is, which is frightening to say the least. Um, you know, I would rather see the Biden administration declare war on the cartels that happen to be working with China moving that fentanyl into the United States and declare actual war on the cartels and go take them out and do something about it and stop the flow of fentanyl. Because I believe China's distribution of fentanyl into the United States, Nicole, is an act of war because it's designed for two things. First and foremost, I believe they are actively trying to kill Americans. Secondly, they are profiting off it. And, and I don't know which is more important to them, but both of those things are happening and to me, when American citizens are being killed for profit, uh, that's an act of war. Absolutely. We're already in the war with the CCP. And this war doesn't have to be kinetic military confrontation. It's bioweapon. It's a lawware. And it's a fentanyl. It's CCP virus, which has already killed more than 1 million American people's life. And so far, this administration has done nothing to hold the CCP ac accountable. And the CCP is also starting a de-dollarization movement to take down the U.S. dollar. And this is the reason why I can really appreciate Matt Gates' impassionate speech about why he's do he had he did what he did, because you know this country needs to be put on the stop, on the wrong path, you know, yeah. heading toward destruction. And we need someone to pull the trigger and say, we need to pause, force people to think and to readjust our policy. Well, um, I have told you over and over again that when you are at war with an enemy and the enemy's leadership doesn't realize you're at war with them, that goes back to the book you talk about all the time, The Art of War. They're winning this art of war. We, we have leaders that don't even realize we're at war with China. Absolutely. I sent you a picture, uh, uh, you know, about um, uh, Xi Jinping was interacting with a group of high school students from Seattle. It's called the Lincoln High School. And in 2015, when Xi Jinping became the first, uh, first became the CCP president, he started his visit not in Washington, D.C. or New York. 
He went to Seattle and he attended the U.S.-China Governors Forum and went to a high school and to interact with high school students. I mean, I feel sorry for the parents of these kids. They don't know that the, these kids are being placed in a terrible position. And so this is what happened to our kids. I mean, the Confucius Institution and all this, you know, CCP sending, you know, programs and the delegations, they're trying to brainwash. They're trying to infiltrate our younger generation in this country. And this is very dangerous. And that's why we need to raise awareness about the danger of the CCP yeah. at the state level, at the city level, at the school board level. Everybody in this country needs to be aware of how dangerous CCP is. You know, this photo of Xi Jinping with these uh, high school athletes uh, is scary to me because one, the athletes probably don't even realize who they're taking a photo with other than the leader of China, but they don't realize the evil, uh, quite frankly, villain that this man is. And it reminds me of almost a funny story. I was in Georgia, and it was right after the election, and Brian Kemp, the governor of Georgia, just newly reelected, is in a battle with President Trump, and I'm at an event, and I get summoned to a conference room where the governor of Georgia wanted to talk to me, Nicole. He wanted to recruit my help to support. I said, look, Governor I'll do what I can, but right now you've turned your back on President Trump. It's some maneuvering here. And um, I don't know how far I could go to help you because, quite frankly, a lot of conservatives are mad at you. At the end of that meeting, he says, you want a picture? Do you know what I said, Nicole? No, wow. thank you, Governor. I, I don't, I don't yeah. want a picture. I did not want to be seen taking a picture with Governor Kemp of Georgia. Now, not to compare him to Xi Jinping, but that's my point is – He's so far less of a threat than Xi Jinping is, and I didn't want a picture with him. Can you imagine these young men with Xi Jinping, any one of them run for office, you know, five, ten years later, that's going to come back to haunt them, that picture. Absolutely. I, I mean, there's another picture showing that Xi Jinping has invited a group of U.S. governors to the Great Hall of People in Beijing, and that's where the CCP leadership makes brutal decisions to persecute Chinese people. And now these U.S. governors were being treated like a king and they were rolled a red carpet. And those pictures are really shameful to American people. And I want people to see those photos because, you know what, these governors are elected to represent we the people in this country yeah. not to be voted into the CCP's compound to represent the CCP's interest. Well, that's the biggest problem is uh, it seems to me that so many politicians today are after power and they are not for the people. But I think with what we saw with the speaker change this week, a lot of that is changing. President Trump, in many respects, in my opinion, is responsible for that change. Let's just keep uh, – let's hope it keeps going in the right direction. Um, Nicole Tsai with the new federal state of China. I so appreciate you coming on and laying out these very important things to us and uh, I appreciate you today, as always. Nicole, thank you. Thank you, and we really appreciate you and the Stinchfield Army and your wonderful listeners and the viewers because we're all in this together, and we have to be united well, to save this country, make America great again. Thank absolutely. You. As President Trump says, make America great again, again. And I do believe he will do that. And I, like you, Nicole, I'm so proud of Stinchfield's army as well. Um, you know what? It is a big, giant team. 
and there is strength in numbers, and Stinchfield's Army is growing. If you would like to join Stinchfield's Army, grantstinchfield.com is the website, grantstinchfield.com. Sign up for the email list so you can get alerts, and God forbid I'm ever shadow banned or kicked off anywhere. I've got to have an ability to talk and speak to the Army, and, and the way to do that is me controlling the email list. So please sign up for the emails there, grantstinchfield.com. Sign up for the podcast. Share this video if you're watching on Getter or Facebook or Rumble. Uh, please share it far and wide. The message is that important. Again, Stinchfield's Army Rolls, folks. Thank you so much for watching. See you back here soon. See you on the Real America's Voice Show tonight, 7 p.m. Eastern Time.